We've been looking at the book of Galatians for the last several months, and we're just about to finish that book. Last week, we looked at Galatians chapter 6, verse 6. It talks about uh, sowing and reaping. And I want us to look at uh, the next verses after that, verse 7 and following uh, today. But uh, there's three principles of sowing and reaping. Uh, one of them is that we always reap what we sow. In other words, if I sow corn, I don't get cotton. I reap what I sow. So it's uh, important to sow the right thing. The second principle is that we reap after we sow. In other words, it doesn't always show up immediately. Sometimes it shows up a little bit further down the way. And then the third principle is that we always reap more than we sow. If you plant uh, 10 seeds, you don't get 10 seeds back. You always get more than you sow. The same thing's true in life, both in bad and good. If you sow bad seeds, you reap what you sow. And you reap after you sow, and you reap more than you sow. The Bible talks about those that sowed the wind and reaped the whirlwind. But then the Same thing is true in the positive. If we sow to the Spirit, we reap of the Spirit eternal life and the fruit of the Spirit. So uh, Galatians chapter 6 verse 7 just reminds us, don't be deceived. God is not mocked. Whatever one sows, that he shall reap. Verse 8 then says, for the one who sows to his own flesh will of the flesh reap corruption. But the one who sows to the Spirit will of the Spirit reap eternal life. So I just uh, encourage you, as I said last week, what are you sowing? What seeds are you sowing? We were just talking in Sunday school this morning about this very thing. We want to sow what we want to reap. And if you want to have love and joy and peace and holiness and godliness, then that's what you need to be sowing. And it may seem like, well... Uh, it just doesn't seem like I, I'm getting any benefit from it. I don't, I'm, don't seem to be reaping a harvest. Well, I know when I was a boy growing up on the farm, we planted in the spring. We chopped the weeds out in the summer. But then when the fall came, that's when we reaped. And uh, I always was prayed for crop failure because I'd have to pick the cotton. And I'd know my daddy would stand look out on the back porch he said well we hadn't had much rain I guess we're not going to have a crop this fall and I'd go yes I didn't have enough sense to know that if we didn't have a crop I wouldn't have any shoes to wear to school the next year but we always had a crop and no matter whether we had too much rain or not enough rain we always had a crop we always had a harvest and uh, sometimes we sow and we think well I just don't see anything happening. Well, summer's got to come. And then after summer comes fall, and then the harvest comes in. So don't worry. If you don't see it immediately, it is coming. But then the next verse, and this is one I really want to focus on today. The next verse says, And let us not grow weary of doing good. For in due season we will reap if we don't give up. So this just says, don't, don't, get, don't get, get tired of doing the right thing. Again, sometimes people do the right thing, and they do the right thing, and they say, well, this doesn't seem to be benefiting me at all. 
Well, don't worry about it. It will come. In fact, this verse is a great verse to just remind us, don't, don't give up, don't grow weary, because season of reaping and harvest will come if you don't faint, if you don't give up. And so that's what I want us to think about today is how do we keep on keeping on when the going is really, really rough. And I want us to use an example out of the book of Joshua, Joshua chapter 1. This is an example of a man who uh, had a major challenge in a lot of ways, and uh, he was encouraged by the Lord not to give up. And his name was Joshua. Moses has died. Moses has been the leader for 40 years of the children of Israel. Joshua is now 80 years old, and Moses dies, and the leadership is handed over to Joshua. Now, I don't know uh, how you'd feel about it. We got anybody here 80 years old? Well, Brother Joe, you're 80, aren't you? Used to be 80, didn't you? Okay. Now, just think about if you were suddenly given the responsibility to lead a few million people into a land that was filled with uh, opposition and the people you were leading really hadn't won any prizes for cooperation either. And God says, okay, Joe, I'm handing the reins to you. You are to lead this stubborn, stiff-necked, rebellious bunch into the land You'd probably need a little encouragement, wouldn't you? Yeah, but, yeah, I would too. And I'm not quite 80 yet, but uh, but when that time comes, it'd be it'd be tough enough, even if I was 76. And uh, so here's what God says to Moses. I mean, to Joshua. He says in verse uh, five, "No man will be able to stand before you." All the days of your life. Just as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you or forsake you. Now that's a great promise, isn't it? And imagine how that felt to Joshua. Joshua has this daunting task ahead of him. And God says to him, you're going to be a winner. Nobody will be able to stand before you. And just like I was with Moses, I'll be with you. And I will never leave you. I'll never forsake you. It's a good word for you, Carolyn, today. In fact, this message, actually, as I was thinking about it last night, I thought, well, Carolyn's going to think I prepared this message just for her and probably felt the same way about the music this morning, didn't you? But uh, I think the Lord may have engineered all that just to minister to your heart today. So... So verse 6 says, God speaking directly to Joshua, Be strong and courageous, for you shall cause this people to inherit the land that I swore to their fathers to give to them. Only be strong, verse 7, Only be strong and very courageous, being careful to do according to all the law that Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand 
or to the left, that you may have good success wherever you go. And this law, this book of the law, shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and you will have good success. Have I not commanded you? And then for the third time, he says, be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened. Do not be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. So how do we keep on sowing when it doesn't look like we're reaping? How do we keep pressing forward when it looks like uh, there's so much against us? How do we keep hoping and believing and obeying when everything seems stacked against us? And I want us to see in this passage, God says, first of all, I will be with you. Listen, that's the greatest news in the world. To know that God will never leave us, he'll never forsake us. In the times of our greatest weakness, he is with us. In the times of our greatest opposition, he is with us. In the times of our greatest pain, he is with us. So what does it mean to have the presence of the Lord in our life? Well, it means, first of all, that we can be strong. We can be strong. And he has strength for all of our weaknesses. As a matter of fact, when we really evaluate ourselves and our life situations, most of us come up realizing that we are weak. We're weak. We're not supermen. We're not super saints. We're weak, struggling, needy people. And you say, well, that's bad news, isn't it? No, it's not really bad news because the Bible says it is when we are weak that he is strong. His strength is not made perfect in our strength. His strength is demonstrated as sufficient in our weakness. And when we think we've got the strength to stand, the Bible says, take heed when you think you stand lest you fall. And there's nothing much more dangerous to us than that prideful arrogance that says to God, hey, I can handle this. I've got all I need. I don't need you right now. That's the essence of sin, by the way, is to say, God, I can handle it without you. But it is when we acknowledge that we're weak, when we say, God, I'm desperate, God, I need you. That's when he says, I'm here. I'm here. So be strong. And his strength is, I mean, when we know he's with us, we have his strength in the times of our greatest challenge and the times of our greatest weakness. I heard of a little boy that was trying to move a, a rock, a pretty large rock for him and he was straining and pushing and trying so hard and his dad was saying come on son move that rock and he tried and he said I can't move it and the 
father said, well, son, you're not using all the strength that's available to you. And so he grunted and pushed, and he said, Dad, I can't move it. He said, Son, you're not using all the strength that is available to you. And he tried again, and then he started crying. He said, Dad, I'm using all the strength I've got. I can't move this rock. And the dad said, Son, you don't understand. There's a strength available to you called Daddy. And I'm standing right here. And all you have to do is say, Daddy, help me. And he looked and he said, well, Daddy, help me. And the dad reached down and moved the stone without much difficulty at all. And I think of that sometimes when I'm facing a struggle in my life and God says to me, you're not using all the strength that's available to you. And I say, well, God, I'm doing the best I can. He said, yeah, but there is a Daddy that stands behind you who has strength unimaginable and nothing is too hard for him and all you have to do is just call Lord help me and he helps and so when the Lord is with us we can persevere we can continue we can continue to uh, uh, to sow the seed because he is with us and his strength is made perfect in our weakness. But not only is he strong, he says, and be courageous. Be very courageous. And I tell you, when the Lord is with us, we have a confidence in the times when we are afraid. We are afraid sometimes, aren't we? Sometimes we, uh, you know, I know I've told you this before, but 365 times in the Bible, the Bible says, fear not. Fear not. 365 times. I think it's interesting that there's one for every day of the year. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Why? But there's so many enemies. There's so much opposition. There's so much to make me tremble and be afraid. Why should I not be afraid? He says, don't be afraid because I am with you. I am with you. And when he is with us, then we have courage to overcome everything that would terrify us. So don't be afraid. And I would say that, again, Carolyn, to you, there will be times over these next few weeks that you're going to feel a wave of anxiety and fear and those are the times that you say Lord you're with me because you're with me I can have confidence in times of my fear so because he's with us I can have strength in times of my weakness I can have confidence in times of my fear and anxiety but then he says at the last of that in verse uh, 9 do not be afraid do not be dismayed dismayed and that's the word that means to lose hope so when God is with me I can be strong in times of weakness I can be confident in times of fear and I can be hopeful in times of of despair and discouragement.
The Lord is our hope. He's our hope. The Bible says, hope thou in God. Hope is that anchor that we sang about this morning. Hope is that anchor of our soul. But what is hope? Well, hope is not, you know, when we talk about hope today, we, we talk about it like it's something that we think might happen and we'd like for it to happen, but we're not sure it's going to happen. That's not the word for hope in the Bible. We say today, well, I hope the Cowboys are going to win today, you know, or something like that. Well, but that's not a certain thing, is it? We hoped it last week, too, didn't we? And they got beat. So hope in the Bible, the word for hope doesn't mean what we mean by hope. The word in the Bible means absolute certain confidence, absolute certainty that it's going to happen. Like years ago when the Cowboys were winning a lot of games, I, they played on a Sunday, and they won the game, but they won it in the last, like, five seconds of the game. One of those long touchdown passes. This, I mean, this was back in the 70s, before most of you was born. And uh, it just so happened, I didn't get to see the game, but I was preaching a revival meeting up in... Uh, 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 northern Texas, close to Oklahoma. And uh, uh, in fact, the name of the church was Dripping Springs Baptist Church. Any of you know where that is? But uh, I was preaching a revival meeting there, and uh, they were going to show the cowboy game on television at 9 o'clock on Monday night. And... Uh, I didn't get to see the game on Sunday. I'd heard about it. I knew what had happened. I knew the Cowboys won. I knew they won in the last five seconds of the game. And the pastor said, uh, I'd like to watch that game. Would you like to watch it with me? And I said, yeah, it'd be good. So we sat down and watched the game. And all through the game, they kept getting behind and getting behind and staying behind. And there was just one play left in the game. And normally, I would have been biting my nails. I would have been so tense and everything. But I was not the least bit nervous. Why? Because the game had already been played. I knew what was going to happen. And so I just sat there and watched, and the announcers were saying, well, this is the last play of the game. There's so, uh, if they don't connect here, it's all over. And I'm thinking, well, they're going to, though. And sure enough, he goes back, I think it was Roger Staubach back then, and throws that pass, and he catches it in the end zone. And they're all going crazy on the television. I'm just sitting there going, yeah, I knew it was going to happen. And as I was doing that, I thought, you know, that's the way I want to live my life. When situations look hopeless to me, I want to realize that from God's perspective, this game's already been played. And the score is already in, and the winner is already announced. And it's him. He is the victor. And I would just say to myself and to all of us that when the Bible says don't grow weary in well-doing, keep on working, keep on sowing, keep on praying, keep on loving, 
keep on keeping on. And we say, well, how can I do that? Because the enemy is so strong, how can I do that? And the answer is, because I'm with you. I'm with you. You can be strong and very courageous and not be dismayed because my strength is available for your weakness. My courage is available for your fear. And my hope is available for your hopelessness or feeling dismayed. And so I just challenge all of us today. We're, we're all going to come up against some, some powerful foes. I mean, Joshua was getting ready to go into the land of the Hittites and the uh, Jebusites and the other kind of ites and the termites and all those kind. They were, he, was, he was going into the land and he was going to be facing enemies that were bigger, stronger, well fortified than he was. And it would have been easy for him to have said, I, I don't want this job. But God says, no, just like I was with Moses, I'm going to be with you. And you can be strong. You can be courageous. And you cannot be dismayed. And you can keep on because in due season, you'll reap. If you don't faint, if you don't give up. And Joshua didn't faint. In all the days of Joshua, the Bible says that God gave victory to the people. And uh, so I urge you today, and this is not just for you, Carolyn, but it is for you. It's for all of us. Be strong. Be courageous. Don't be dismayed. Don't be hopeless. Say, how can I do that? Because God says, I'm with you. I'm with you. And I will be with you through everything. Through everything. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your present grace. But I also thank you for your future grace. To know that we will not face anything today that you're not able to handle. And we will not face anything in the days to come that you haven't already seen and have already declared to be under your feet. And those things that threaten to be over our head, I know they're under your feet. And if we are in you, they're under our feet as well. And I pray that you'll help us to put our trust totally and completely in you. And in times of fear, in times of weakness, in times of hopelessness, that we'll hear your word. Be strong. Be courageous. Do not be dismayed, for I am with you. And I pray it in Jesus' name and for his sake. Amen. Would you like to uh, know that the Lord is with you in every situation of life? I ask you to trust him. Put your trust totally and only in him. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. 
We invite you to like us on Facebook or visit our website, www.bearcreekbaptist.org. If you're not a member of another church, we would like to invite you to join us in person and get to know us and let us get to know you. Have a great week and may the Lord richly bless you.